a lot of people did either good work on this or darn it they tried i'm as mad as hell and i'm not gonna take this anymore so you lie to yourself to be happy there's nothing wrong with that we all do it we all go a little mad sometimes come on one of you nuts has got any guts what's but a smile on that face you're only as healthy as you feel Listen to me! Listen to you about what right? Because I have a right to be. I have a voice! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let the healing begin. Hi, welcome to Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle, a part of the following films network. So, this week, uh, we already looked at a great movie, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and we are taking a look at that director's uh, newer, and maybe not so great movie, The Snowman. And to do that, I have a return guest. I have Diego Crespo of Audiences Everywhere. So thanks for joining us, Diego. Oh, thank you for having me back. Last time I had a total blast, and uh, we'll we'll see how today goes. But it, yes. <laughs> it all kind of depends on the movie. I, you're great, and your show's great, so I'm not worried about that. Thank you very much. If you like Diego and you want to hear more of him, you can check out our episode on Rock and Rolla, which was a lot of fun. But uh, why don't you tell people where they can find your work, either written or podcast form on the Internet? Yeah, you could find uh, links to everything will be on my Twitter at some point or another uh, at D-E-G-G-O Waffles. So when you say it out loud, it sounds like Diego Waffles. Um, And of course, audiences everywhere, like you mentioned, I have my own personal podcast called The Waffle Press, where... It's really just me, and I invite people on to yell about movies for better and for worse. <laughs> um, but I'm also trying to bring on more um, less less white people. I mean, I, sure. this might sound weird, but I mean, like every every uh, wait, do white people do podcasts? podcasts? Did, yeah, are, are there white? It's people like all that? they do. It's I like, thought it was the only the, one. Shit. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like I want to I want to bring in more more voices. Definitely. Uh, men and women of color and so that's what um i've really made a big push for this year and it's working out well now so yay awesome. go check out that stuff yeah definitely go check that stuff out all right so now we're going to get into the snowman of course directed by thomas alfredson uh who also directed uh, let the right one in and ticker taylor soldier spy um so what were your expectations going into the snowman i was really hoping for thomas alfredson's Gone Girl, essentially. Mm, Kind of mm -hmm. maybe not a book that's high art per se, but something that's very entertaining and still manages to say something in its adaptation form about the subject matter. You know, it's not just glamorous schlock. Well, both movies look great. I will say that. The Snowman is shot by one of my favorite cinematographers, Dion Beeb. And as soon as I found that out, I was like, oh, okay. So this is my most anticipated movie of the year now. Um, And I was just, I was hoping for... I don't know, maybe like another Zodiac style movie. Maybe not of that caliber because that's like hard to hard to reach that. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> um, no pressure, but just be one of the best <laughs> movies ever made. No problem. Yeah, like just do something in the vein of that, though. Right. And instead, it was more of Thomas Alfredson's Alien Three theatrical yeah. cut. Yeah, yeah. So as I was walking into this movie, and when I first heard about it, I was like. All I knew about it was Fassbender was in it, and it was a crime thriller. And I was like, I'm sold. I'm in. That's great. Uh, and then put together who the director was. And, I mean, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, not just recently, but I think it's just 
like almost you know there's there's not a lot of fault you can find with it great performances great great filming but we talked about that on the last episode so i won't go too much into that but when i found that out i was like oh my god this is good this might be great and then the reviews started to trickle in and they were not pretty i mean people were upset by this movie about how bad it was so i walked into it hoping that it was going to be okay like hoping it wasn't going to be terrible like that was that was the very high bar i had set for the snowman and i'm not sure that it uh reached that bar unfortunately like i i don't think i don't think this is the worst movie of the year uh i don't think it's complete garbage but i do think it's a bad movie um and alfredson has come out and kind of talked about like apparently like 15 percent of the script never got filmed and they had to try and fix everything in the editing room and i'm sorry to say that it definitely shows um there are a lot of problems with this movie narratively you're right it looks beautiful and i think I think Thomas Alfredson is the perfect director to make a film in this setting because he has he has this gift of being distant and making usually making you care about characters despite that distance. Um, And given the kind of desolate nature of the landscape in Norway, I was like, okay, this is a perfect fit and it is beautiful to look at. But I'm not sure he ever achieves care for these characters. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's. In the in the editing, because this, this movie is like the worst editing of the year. It's not the worst Ooh. movie of the year for me either. Like by far, like oh my god, there's yes, there's a lot. <laughs> I don't want to get into some of the ones I've seen recently, but oh my god, you're all insane. Um, like I I think storyboarding is a really important part of filmmaking. I know some people like Terrence Malick can kind of just go and find their movie in the edit and I happen to be a fan of his work. I know plenty of people are not. But and um, not but not everybody can do that. That is a very special talent that he yeah. has. Yeah. And uh, preparation is really important. But again, that's not all on Alfredson either because he's talked about how he found out like, oh yeah, you guys got the money to shoot it, but you need to go like right now and he's like when well, Scorsese was originally gonna direct it and I mean it's just like it sounds like it's been a big old mess from the start. Yeah, I remember that announcement, and I was like, oh my gosh, that, that, that would have been great. Uh, well, but then apparently it might not have been great if the same <laughs> circumstances had occurred, so what do right. I know? Yeah, I mean, you, you bring up a good point that it feels like the whole thing feels rushed, and I, I think the thing that stands out so much to me is, like, I am a big Fassbender fan. Like, I am, I am the guy who went and saw, you know, Assassin's Creed opening weekend. Like, I will watch... Anything that he is in, good or bad, whether it's, you know, shame or a terrible X-Men movie, I'm going to go see it. Um, And this is frankly, like, I don't think it's a terrible performance by any stretch, but it's one of his worst uh, because it looks like he can tell that things are going horribly wrong (laughs) behind the scenes. (laughs) It's not a phoned in performance completely. It's not as if he doesn't care and he's like sleepwalking through it. He's not. But he's, like, working at, like, half capacity here. Like, it seems like there are moments where he cares and then moments where you can almost see the realization wash over his face that he is in the middle of a garbage fire uh, and there's no way out. So it's it's unfortunate that it's a really bad performance here because I think Fassbender has really struggled to become a movie star, at least a profitable one. Like, he's very – people think of him very well critically, but as far as, like, his movies on their own making money – not so much. And this is one of those that have done well, I think, could be a big moneymaker. I mean, people love true crime stories. They love stories about serial killers. This has all that stuff, but it just never adds up. Yeah, and uh, I also want to say that I don't think 
Fastbender's been picking wrong roles. I know there's been some critical backlash about people saying like he's he's just been in bad movies lately. Uh, mm-hmm. Alien Covenant came out this year, so I will not hear any slander about that. And he was great but, in um, that. Yeah, he's he's great like consistently, but this definitely is one of his lesser roles. And I think another part of that still goes back to the editing, though, just the way everything's cut together. Mm-hmm. They they could feel like I, I could see glimmers of a good movie in yes. there. But nothing is allowed to settle. Nothing fits organically. It's just kind of tossed together. And this movie, go, to go back to Scorsese as well, has his, um, one of his editors that he always goes to. Yeah, to, to I, what I, I heard, they brought him. they brought her in like as an emergency. When they figured out that they didn't film everything they were supposed to, they are like, oh god, we need somebody really good in here to fix this and make it somewhat watchable. So it sounds like she came in at the 11th hour. Yeah, and even she couldn't like... No, assemble man. this together and that's that's really unfortunate because a lot of people did either good work on this or darn it they tried yeah there's a lot of darn it they tried in this in this cast which is unfortunate because it's a great cast like if you just look at this cast list it's like oh this is gonna be phenomenal i mean i don't know what jk simmons was doing with his voice i don't know who allowed val kilmer to be in this movie when he was so ill because it shows and they had to like they had to dub his lines and it is blatant. Like it looks like it's it looks like the kind of joke of the old kind of Japanese monster films. Like it is that level of of out of sync and it is really distracting. And that subplot, honestly, it doesn't it's it could be an interesting subplot from a character perspective about our killer, but it actually doesn't have much of a bearing on the end of the case. Like you could honestly cut that all out and the same things could happen. I feel like there's a lot of that too. Like um, yes. all the subplots, like literally all of them, are are red herrings, or they don't and poorly designed red herrings too. Yeah, they they don't attribute <laughs> anything to like uh, an overall like narrative or thematic thrust. They're just mm-hmm. they're they're there. They're lying there. I, I don't know for a movie that was edited so awfully, you'd think they'd at least cut like the fat. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of fat here. It's like half fat. I mean, it is. And then you throw on the fact that like from a like mystery or detective story standpoint, um, this doesn't make a lot of sense. And the the kind of leaps of logic that are needed for our heroes to come up with these answers are never fully explained. So we have all this fat of these subplots, but we don't get to see the kind of intricacies of the work. We don't get to see the building of these characters and their relationships. Like I have no idea why anyone in this movie gives a shit about anyone else, but we're supposed to believe that they are connected and that, that near the end of the movie, as people are dying and people are in danger, that we should feel something. And that is what I keep coming back to when I think about this movie is maybe except for Fassbender's kid, um, anyone could die in this movie and I wouldn't give a shit. Like there is no connection to any of these characters. They're all so separate from one another that it doesn't end up mattering. It, it's telling that the apart from the first trailer – the only trailer I think that was released. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, publicity for this movie. I think once it was they coming know. together, it, <laughs> it, yeah. Um, once the publicity started, like in Europe, it doesn't really make its way over here. There's no right. like, oh, go check out the snowman. Like right. the writing was on the wall, and that's kind of uh, that, that's sad because I really like Thomas Alfredson as well. Uh, without yeah. getting into Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, yeah, that's one of the best movies like ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and this like is the first the movie since that. 
Like, he hasn't done anything else in between. And that was, like, six or seven years ago. That is sad. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, unfortunate. And, I mean, especially, like, the end of that movie. Oh, my God. I, like, ugh. float when I'm yep. done watching that movie. Yep. And this, I was just kind of, like, nodding off. And well, yeah, that's the other thing is here's the thing. Like, people were talking about this movie online as if it is – um, it is so bad, it's laugh-inducing, and that was not my experience at all. Like, I was bored out of my mind. And this is a story about people dying, and some people getting beheaded. I mean, this this should be stuff that, if nothing else, keeps you awake. And I was sitting there, like, I don't know, maybe because it was after work or whatever, but I'm watching the movie, like, noticing myself drifting back into my seat. And I'm like, I had to, like, sit up a couple times, kind of slap myself awake. And this is not, and that's not what I was expecting. Like, I heard it was bad, but I didn't think it would just be tedium. Like, the whole time I was just like, okay, I guess this is next. Like, let's move on. I just kept feeling that way pretty much in every scene. And then the scene would change, and that scene would be boring, too. And I don't know how they made this material. You mentioned, like, something like Gone Girl, like a trashy, fun book about murder and intrigue. This should be exciting, even if it's not quality. But it wasn't even exciting. It just sort of exists, and it will be forgotten I think until oh, yeah. uh, the next Thomas Alfredson movie comes out and people will be like, I don't know about it. Remember and when he made that as, shitty as long, movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as like production lets him make a movie like at his own pace, then, you know, right. I, I'm not worried at all because I, I think he's still a great director. There's, there's something here that he wasn't allowed to do. And that's, that's really unfortunate. Um, but I also want to touch on the, the uh, idea of like the, the snowman killer. Like that's like some Dexter level, schlock yeah it's it's, a... it's hard to make that intimidating <laughs> i mean you're dealing with a, a a child's imagery so you're gonna have to do a lot of work to to make that scary and they didn't they just kind of put it on the screen here's this snowman with this weird like not smile not frown face uh i guess it's scary yeah um i i don't know is did, did i miss something or is there even like a logical reason for the snowman there is, and we'll talk about it in spoilers. Uh, okay. But no one can ever be blamed for missing a plot point in this movie because very little of it makes sense. Like, it is. <laughs> I mean, but what I want to talk about before we go to spoilers is how upset I am with how wasted Rebecca Ferguson is uh, in everything, seemingly. Like, she got kind of her big, big break uh, in Mission Impossible. Um, and she was wonderful there. And I just thought like, I can't wait till the next thing she does. And then she was in the girl in the train and life. And now this, and like, she is trying her damnedest at this movie. Like she is actually one of the few people who is conjuring up some feeling and some emotion. Um, but you know, everything around her is just so dead and so distant that she ends up looking like the crazy person, you know, they're trying, you know, there's, there's some plot points with her that are some really obvious red herrings that are pretty insulting to the audience's intelligence. And I just feel like she's one of those actors that if she could get some really good roles, like she's going to be noticed, but this is just another in kind of a line of movies that are just underwhelming at best and bad at worst. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was pretty sad walking out of this movie. Uh, I, I tried to convince myself to find a little more something that I liked. And again, I don't, I don't hate this movie. It's, it's just not, mediocre all the way through. Like just, yeah, like you it said, it just kind of lies there. It does nothing. Yeah. You're just <laughs> watching the snowman melt. There's no, yeah, not exactly. Like, there you go. That's, that's your headline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's a huge bummer because I started really looking forward to this, uh, but it's still pretty, and I will 
I'll definitely always appreciate the imagery. Yes, if, if you want to uh, see pretty yeah, landscape, it's, it's chilling. If you want to see pretty landscape shots of snow, then you are in luck uh, for some of this movie. But it is really noticeable how. Like, whether it's because of the cinematographer or the director, like, they really enjoyed shooting those shots. But, like, the all the kind of internal shots, all the shots inside buildings, inside houses are, like, just really stagnant and just kind of lie there just like the rest of the rest of the movie does. Like, it, it feels like two things. One, they would have been better off filming a nature documentary. Uh, that would have been a much better movie than this. And two. Oh, yeah. I don't want, you know, I don't want more cuts of this movie. I don't want anything like that. I want a behind-the-scenes documentary of the making of this movie because I feel like that would have been really interesting because so much went wrong here. And I just – and sometimes you think – and I've been guilty of this where you're just like, oh, it has these actors in it. It can't be terrible. Like even if the movie itself isn't good, it's going to be enjoyable. And this has proved me wrong. Like I really liked Fassbender and Ferguson. Uh, Charlotte Gainsborough was in this movie. J.K. Simmons, Val Kilmer, like Toby Jones – uh, these are actors that I really enjoy, but a lot of it is script stuff. Like, not only does the story not make sense, but this has some of the dumbest dialogue in a in a big-budget film I've heard in a long time. Like, there is literally a character that says, I'm infertile. That means I can't have children. Like, we know... We're not dumb. We know what these words mean. And at some point, an obstetrician is referred to as a quote-unquote pregnancy doctor... Like, it's just like, I've never heard anyone use these terms before. And it just, and then you got actors using different accents and they're slipping in and out of them. And it's like, there needed to be some more organization and some decisions made. And it just felt like they walked in going like, well, this is a mess. Let's just do whatever and film it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's such a cluttering disappointment. Uh, but I'll still be there day one for the next Alfredson movie. Yeah, in the next I, nine I years, whatever that yeah, happens. In the next, in the next <laughs> decade. Uh, I would, I'd want to see all these people come back for the next movie and then right. just be like, all right, that didn't work. Let's try this now. Let's just start over. It. Yes, yeah. totally Especially agree. Rebecca Ferguson. My God. Yes, absolutely. All right, so we're going to go to spoilers now. Spoilers? What? Read ahead, spoil all the surprises. Not peeking at the end. Isn't traveling with you one big spoiler? That's classified. That's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. All right, so before I get into what I think why the fucking snowman thing was happening, um, was there a moment in this movie where you didn't either at least have some inkling of who the killer was? Uh, where I didn't? Yeah. Uh, no. I, yeah. I, I, I think I can tell from the trailers because there's one shot where um, – there's a voiceover and I was like, Oh, I think it's that. Is that person in the movie? And I was like, Oh no. Right. Uh, there it is. Yeah. I mean, from the beginning, like anytime you have a movie where there's kind of a whodunit and there's one person who is just so nice and does all the right things. You're like, okay, that's the killer. Like that's, you know, and of course he ends up being the killer. Um, so I think, uh, the, where the snowman thing comes from. So the very beginning of this movie where we see a young boy, you know, getting slapped around by her, uh, by his mother's boyfriend who is married to someone else. Um, and then the, the, the mother ends up dying. That is the story of this character who ends up being the killer. I think we are meant to think at the beginning of the movie that this is Fassbender's character story, but it is our murderer's story. And right before, um, right before his mother sinks into the ice, he, there's a, a shot where it pans over to the snow and there is a snowman there. So that is his connection to the death of his mother. 
So that is why the snowman keeps coming up and he keeps making these snowmen right outside of where he's killing people. It is stupid, but that is the reasoning. Oh, okay. So it just is plot. It's yeah. Plot reasons. Ah, yes. Yeah. That's it's the dumb. worst. It's dumb. And it's like my audience did – there is not a single moment where – so if this movie is done well, anytime the snowman shows up, you would be instantly terrified. Like someone's going to die. Something terrible is going to happen. And this is true. Someone is going to die and something terrible is going to happen. But as I mentioned before, you don't care about any of these people. So you're not actually scared for them because you're just like – it's like watching a bad horror movie where you're just waiting for people to be picked off instead of caring that people are going to be picked off. So every time the snowman came up, the audience just kind of snickered and was like, oh, here we go again. And that is not the reaction you want. And it's just – you know, there's a lot about this movie that it has – like you said, it has the bones of a decent story. It has the bones of a good movie. But they didn't fill in enough – with these characters to make us care about them and to make this killer actually scary. So none of it ends up working and it just ends up kind of lying there, you know, as, as one of the worst movies of the year. Like it's not the worst, but it's certainly not good. Uh, and I wish it was like a memorably, memorably bad, but it's just bad. It just kind of stays there in that middle range. Yeah. You don't really like, well, that was so dumb. I mean, it's, it's dumb. It's but not the book of Henry. Like, it's not the book of Henry. It's not Geostorm, which is right. maybe the stupidest movie ever made. And I mean that in a positive way. For yeah, Geostorm. But they knew what they were yeah. making. Oh, <laughs> totally. Oh, they knew exactly what it was. Um, uh, but the snowman is like, it's just, you're, you're questioning the filmmaking decisions, not right. like, oh, that's like ridiculous. It's, it, it is, but you get what I'm saying. It's, it's just, how did this happen? With all this talent, mm-hmm. all everything everything on screen should be great it's like they had all the pieces yep they gave us all the clues yeah exactly see there's there's another thing like that's their tagline right like mr police said i gave you all the clues but they didn't they didn't they didn't give you any <laughs> that's clues favorite, that's my favorite thing ever it's like they there were literally no clues it's like, like if you none. made geostorm and there was no storm like you can't <laughs> well for the majority of that movie i have some bad news for the folks looking forward to that <laughs> Yeah, but it's just like there's there's so much that has gone wrong here. It's hard to even know where to know where to start. And the end of the movie, they clearly think, at least in the writing of this movie, oh man, we're gonna make a lot of money, and there's gonna be a sequel. Because uh, the way they set up with Fastbender at the end, you know, with his now his like fake finger that's made of metal that he's annoyingly tapping on things during this during this meeting, and he's taking his next case like he's now like very you know, motivated to work again. And like, I honestly wish they would have spent more time on, on his alcoholism. Cause it just felt like it was accepted that he was a drunk and he was kind of a fuck up, but he was a really good detective. So we're going to keep giving you cases, but we never really see that. It's like, we are just told that over and over again. And Fassbender is a good enough actor that that could be really affecting stuff. Even though the movie is not doing the heavy lifting, Fassbender is like his performance feels like, like, there's something there. It's it's almost lived in, but not quite. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't understand like the me- methodology of the character. He just he he is uh, a screw up, right? And like an alcoholic and uh, just a colossal mess of a human being. But <laughs> he's also really good at his job, I guess. Right. Except and- for when he's not. <laughs> 
And you mentioned that kind of lived in, uh, lived in idea of the, of this performance. And I think honestly, you can art, you can argue that for all of the performances here. It's just that they're not lived in together. It's almost like all of these characters are in different movies and they happen to cross paths every once in a while, but there's no, there's no sense of cohesion in this movie at all, even when characters are having conversations. Like when Rebecca Ferguson and Fassbender are talking, I feel like they are in totally different films and they just like happen to show up on set the same day. And it's almost like they've, and, and you can say the same thing about there is a pseudo sex scene between Charlotte Gainsbourg and Michael Fassbender, which is one of the most awkward sex scenes I have seen in a movie in a long time. And I know that she can, both of these characters have done movies you know, whether you're talking about Nymphomaniac, whether you're talking about um, Shame, they've done movies with sex in them that is intriguing and desirable and exciting to watch. And this thing was just like, okay, now you mount him, I guess, and now you leave. And it was just like, did you guys, like, not block this? Did you guys not practice these scenes at all? Or did you just, like, walk in and be like, today's your sex scene, uh, have a good time, I guess? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's really a byproduct of, of lack of preparation like uh i I bring this up i I brought this up a lot recently when i've I've been on uh recording some star wars stuff for my podcast so keep a lookout for that cheap plug but um (laughs) we ended up going back to like how when when films don't have the necessary preparation you're gonna get just you're gonna get a bad product at the end or a bad a bad uh piece of art Mm -hmm. like last year 2016 when for a couple of months every big budget movie that came out either looked the same had the same rhythm, or just felt like it was really shoddily made. Mm-hmm. And it was like every summer blockbuster, almost every yeah. summer blockbuster last year. It was it was bad. And The Snowman reminded me of that, except mm-hmm. that it looks better. Right. <laughs> that's, that's like the only thing. It's, it's poorly put together, and it should not have been. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I know these studios like want to get movies out at a certain time and want to get them done, but it's like... I. I would have to think somebody must have walked on set at some point and thought like, okay, we need more time here. We need to spend more money on this or we need to scrap it. And either one of those decisions would have been better than like, "Ah, just wrap it up, guys. Uh, We'll just we'll fix it in post. Like that's essentially what this whole movie is, is we'll fix it in post, except they could not fix it because there's nothing here. And like, you know, especially with directors who are not. Uh, either not American born or who uh, don't win a bunch of Oscars. I worry that Alfredson is not going to get another shot at a movie with a big budget and a big cast. And I really think he should, because I think he is, he is worth that risk because he can make great films. You just, like you said, you have to get him and let him use his own schedule instead of like, you know, bringing him in at a moment's notice and be like, okay, shoot this film that you aren't ready. Obviously are not ready to shoot. Yeah. It's it's just, my God, I think it's a lot of problem with uh, some production companies nowadays too. They, mm-hmm. There's a there's an end date where you go, all right, we're going to release the movie here, and you know, that wasn't even the case with the Snowman initially. I mean, this but, isn't uh, Justice League. Like, you don't have to release it on a certain date. It's not like people are like, oh well, if it doesn't come out in October, then this will never work. Yeah, um, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro has a a really good quote when he's talking about producing on Pacific Rim Two, where he's like, you know, that's not my movie; it's someone else's movie. My job as producer is to be like in the corner and then Rocky comes, sits down. It's like, all right, you give him some water. You massage his shoulders. What do you need? What do you need? Like whatever you need, I got you. Right. You know? And then here they're like ran out of money and time and then no one helped them. 
Right. It's like they're in the rest in the in the boxing ring, and then like just no bleeding over them. the eye, and they're like, yeah, "Yeah, well, you'll be fine, kid. Get back out there." Like, yeah, he's like, "I don't, I don't have, I don't have any snow to make my snowman. Yeah. I don't even have a, a carrot nose." And like, here's a button and a ha- hammer and some coffee there beans. You go. Apparently, because yeah. that's a thing. All right, I think that's enough uh, for the snowman. I think I feel like you and I have put in more work on this movie uh, than the production company did, so I think we're. We're good for that. Uh, one more time, why don't you tell people how to find you online? Yeah, find me on Twitter at D-E-G-G-O-Waffles. Uh, check out my podcast, The Waffle Press. Uh, audience is everywhere. You can find me. Lots of places on Twitter. I'll just link everything there eventually at some point. So just go to my Twitter. It'll all be there. Uh, I'm, I'm quite proud of the work I've been doing recently. So, yay, please help me. pure white snow Yeah, sorry about that. I don't. That's okay. I hate, Skype I is hate horrible. So, so much. It's, it's, it's the worst. Everything's dumb. <laughs> Computers are dumb. Where is Michael? Where is Mark? Where is Matthew? Now it's getting dark.